Hey go-getters, welcome to the AHA Moment Podcast. I'm your host, Angelina Sparopoulos, where we dive in every other week to chat all things business and motivation, all while featuring the innovators that are creating for tomorrow. Are you ready to spark some revelations? Let's do this. All right, beautiful. So we are here today. I'm sitting with the lovely one and only Giovanna Silva. How are you, my friend? I'm fabulous. How are you, my friend? I'm good. It's a beautiful day. We're transitioning into spring. The spring market. Yeah. And the season. Sounds good to me. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like we've talked about doing this for... Forever. Forever. (laughs) (laughs) No, between our coffee dates and all the things, running into each other at sales meetings. For everybody that doesn't know, trolley tours too. Yeah, we're both at Compass. We're thriving. Thriving. Everything is great, yes. but we're finally here doing this, we're which just is amazing. Up. We're, we're just warming up. up. We're warming yes. up. So we're going to talk about personal branding today. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that I can definitely talk about. I think you can talk about it. I think we can both do. If we could sit here all day and talk about yes. it, right? So. But first, I want people to get to know you a little bit. So, for anybody that doesn't know you, who is Giovanna Silva? Who the hell am I? <laughs> um, oh gosh, do you want me to give like how I got into the industry or just like a... Yeah. How did you get level? to where you are right now today, sitting here with me? Okay. I definitely always was interested in real estate. I, like many of us, watched all the HGTV shows and million dollar real estates of the world and was like kind of interested in the profession as a career but didn't really take any action to like get there I was just like yeah it'd be nice Mm -hmm. and then every single job that I ever had I hated what kind of jobs were you working I can't say I hated every single job (laughs) not every single job but I worked at Mary Lou's Mm -hmm. now I understand why you love their coffee I love their coffee (laughs) Um, I was a barista. I bartended. Didn't hate that job, but it was definitely not like a, I don't want to stay there. Mm-hmm. It was like a landing, launching pad type right. of job. I worked in a customer care facility for a company that sells like supplements and tack and stuff for horses and cool people that ride horses. Um, I hated that job. <laughs> I hated it a lot. Um, what else have I done? Victoria's Secret. I worked there for a few years, so I think that's where like the sales totally. aspect of things kind of started to kind of show up in the fold there. Um, I was really good at that job, and we made commissions, actually. Really? Yeah, 10% yeah. commission on all sales oh, when wow. I first started. <laughs> I made so much money, but then the company, like, slowly, the percentage went down to, like, 8 and then it was... I was going to say, is it still like that? No, yeah. No, otherwise, I'd probably still be, like, <laughs> crossed. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> but that's where, like, the sales fire kind of started yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Because I'm good with people. Like, I love people and, like, building relationships. So, for me, it was, like, it was really natural to be able to have that conversation with a woman or a man that came in to shop for their wife or girlfriend or... Whoever, mm-hmm. like, what is it that you're looking for? What kind of style do you like? You know, what is your size? Have you been sized? Do you need to be sized? And mm-hmm. just, like, walking them through that process the sure. same way that we do with houses. Yep. Just making sure that whoever's in Victoria's Secret to buy their pajamas or their underwear, whatever it is, it's an educated and informed decision-making process for Absolutely, them. yeah. I think that that's what I loved about that job the most. But none of these jobs 
fulfilled me in a way that I wanted to keep working them. Mm -hmm. And they were not dead-end jobs, but not jobs I wanted forever. Mm -hmm. So the call center Mm -hmm. job was the last job that I had that wasn't, like, real estate related. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not entirely true because I started bartending after that. Um, But that was the last job that I made the decision. Like, I'm doing this. Right. I'm going for it. I don't care what it takes. So I started taking the course. Um, And then when I finished the course and I passed the license exam, I actually went to Sansi on Newbury Street to celebrate, (laughs) to have a glass of champagne and celebrate. And I asked the bartender if they were hiring. Mm Because I was like, this would be a great place to work, to network, meet people, make money. Yeah. Get in, get out. And that's exactly what I what I used it for. I bartended for I think it was like ten months, wow. eleven months. Um, met a developer of the second Four Seasons here in Boston, one Dalton. Cool. Really, I just wanted to pick his brain. Yeah. How did you get where we were at? What advice would you give to me? You know. And he had more questions for me at like the lunch that we went to, and he was like, "I have a job for you, and it's not going to pay you a lot, but." It's an opportunity. Yeah. To get your foot in the door. So come with me. And I was like, okay. So we got in his car, drove over first to the building, which didn't have windows at the time. <laughs> Go 50 floors up, one Dalton, without windows. Yeah. Tell me that you're not scared out of your mind. Um, but then he took me over to Four Seasons Sales Gallery and literally was like, this is Jan. She's going to work here now. Yeah. So that was like my in in the industry. Mm-hmm. I was there for about a year. Two people that were working there quit their job, so my job kind of morphed into like a much bigger job than yeah. what it initially was, um, and that's kind of how I met a lot of agents and a lot of just people that work and play in mm-hmm. throughout the city. And then about a year into that, I knew it was going to end because it's new construction, and then I saw on Instagram that the Sarkis team was hiring. Mm. So my job with them started as like an assistant, like an admin assistant. And then the pandemic happened and business blew up. So then it was like, you know, you really have to do a lot more. And I was managing transactions and doing all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. That was probably the first job that I ever had that I could genuinely sit here and tell you, like, I loved that job. Yeah. But then I just, I started waking up mornings and being like I don't know something's gotta give something's gotta change like something doesn't feel 100% aligned anymore mm-hmm. and I didn't know was it, do I need a raise do I need an assistant do I need you know new responsibilities and then my mom one day was like can I ask you something and I was like sure and she was like how old are those those boys that you work for and I was like, early 30s, why? And she was like, if they can do it, why couldn't you build something like that by the time you're their age? And when she said that, it was like game over. Yeah. I but my mentality could go back to a few minutes before my mom said that. And it was just like, okay, I think I got to go do my own thing. And that's what we're doing now. So we're at Compass. Um, starting a team, House of Giovanna is actually a more of a marketing company powered by a real estate team, powered by Compass. Cool. Okay, wait. So expand on that for me for a second because, okay, it's not just a real estate company, 
but it's it's a marketing company, but it's still kind of backed by Compass. So in terms of from a marketing standpoint, what else do you guys do? So there's a lot. I would love to like dive into everything, <laughs> but I'm trying to be very strategic about like the little teasers. Yes, you know? tease us, please. But I will give you, I will give you a pretty good teaser here for the pod. Um, so towards the middle to end of this year, it's my goal to have like social media courses that I'm working on okay. live for people like you or people that maybe aren't even in real estate to purchase and hopefully pick up some tips and tricks and how I use social media for marketing and personal branding with, with a lot of intention, um, as well as different templates, website templates, social media templates that you could purchase mm -hmm. and customize with your own colors, your own font, your own logo, and you have all these ready, pretty much pre-made, ready to go branding assets for mm -hmm. your company. Whether you're a real estate team or you're a lender or maybe you're an attorney mm -hmm. looking to up your social media game, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that those are like some areas that I'm going to expand the like the marketing company into, but predominantly it's a real estate marketing company that my clients are my real estate clients. Cool. And they hire me because I have some of the best marketing in Boston and throughout Massachusetts. And they know that my approach to things is different than just a real estate agent that has awesome marketing. Exactly. A marketing company that yeah. knows real estate. Right, right. So cool. And, you know, I think it's very important that you clarify too in Boston in terms of how agents kind of utilize social media marketing and you know how, do, do you feel like there's something kind of lacking there in terms of our market that we focus in with yeah. how much agents use it to the best of their ability or don't I, at least in my opinion I feel like what I see online there's just so much more that people can be doing yeah um, and I see what other agents are doing in other markets and that's kind of what I base my own strategy off of because uh, I think it's very easy to just get stuck in kind of the same old ways and I find that by branching out a little bit and seeing what other people are doing outside of our market is the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you think though? I think that with social media, especially real estate agents, we follow, just by nature, we follow a lot of real estate agents. Yeah. And you see what they're doing, and then there's a natural, um, there's a natural human condition where we compare mm -hmm. ourselves, our lives, what we're doing, our job, to that of other people's. Mm -hmm. And I think when you see other people doing specific types of content or videos, um, or whatever their overall content strategy is, it's easy to kind of be like, well, that's what I should be doing. Right. The best marketing advice that I ever got and will probably ever receive is when everybody goes right, you take a hard left turn and you sprint in that direction. You keep yep. running, do things differently, be a disruptor. Mm -hmm. um, so I think on social media, in the real estate niche, you see a lot of the like, Trending audio, like pointing to yeah. text bubbles on the screen, and not that those are 
bad videos or bad forms of content, but it's just so overplayed. Yeah. Like, it's so overplayed. And um, if you do something differently, you're more likely to stop the scroll and mm-hmm. get people to actually, oh, what is she saying? Or what is she showing me? Or what is she teaching me? Mm-hmm. Um, something, so I have a, a networking group that I started with agents in different markets across the country. Yes, yes. Um, and it's like rapidly growing, which is so cool. But we talk pretty much like all day and we share tips and tricks and somebody will be like, I have an event idea. And then we'll all like brainstorm together to bring it to life. Um, but we talk a lot about content and collaborating. And like something that we're doing is a new series that you'll probably see over the next few weeks is um, like phone call videos, which sounds silly, but like uh, me calling up Carly, who works with my Vander's team in Miami, and mm-hmm. being like, "Oh, I have a client who's you know looking to invest in some Airbnbs. Like, what do you what do you have?" And having her pop on the screen and kind of show me what she has in her market or that she might have listed. Yeah, it's a different form of content. Yeah, like I've no never one's really seen that. anybody make a video like that, and no. that's not going to work forever. Hmm. It's not going to be different forever. It'll be different for probably like three videos. And yeah, be like, oh, that's. Well, that's fine. But it's fine. And it's as long as you're, like, ever-evolving and, like, thinking outside the box. Yeah. And thinking about what works. Like, when I'm on Instagram, if I'm on TikTok, whatever it is, and an ad pops up, mm-hmm. I don't get annoyed, like, oh, like ads. I'm looking for, what does this ad say? Mm-hmm. What's the first thing that caught my attention? What does the button say? When I click on it, where does it go? What are the colors? Is it a video? Is it an image? Is it mostly text on a colored screen or is it people that like maybe I see myself in and mm-hmm. when you start to like attune yourself to those patterns in marketing and see like what what's working that other people are doing I feel like it helps feed your own ideas and like really make them 100 percent, 100% and it's so easy to get caught up in the noise and when I'm looking at I look at different profiles a lot I feel like and I always look at it from a storytelling perspective of like okay what is this person's story or what is this team's story? The amount of profiles that I've come across where I like legitimately don't even know what the person looks like because the content is all just this dry, generic template using that everybody else is doing and it's all of their listings and what they've sold and like this and that. And mm-hmm. that's all fine and good, but... It doesn't provide any value no it really doesn't I can I can look up I can google them if I really want to see how much they've sold mm-hmm. in my opinion I don't really I don't care to see that when I go on Instagram I want to know well, who are they right what are they doing with, with in their free time the amount of people that that reach out to me in terms of lead generation to via Instagram it's not because they can see what business I do it's because they know you yeah they know me and we have a common interest. We start conversations. Yeah. I don't I don't DM people and be like, "Hey, do you need a real estate agent?" No. No. You don't do those no. things. So do you find sorry, like side note question. Yeah. Do you find being a real estate agent that when you're out in public with family, friends, maybe new people that you've never met and it comes up that somebody asks you and you say, oh, "I'm a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. I'm in real estate. I'm a real estate advisor." Do you find that you can almost visibly see the wall, like, yes, come up? Yes. Like, oh, okay, that's great. Yep. I get nervous. Uh-huh. Start sweating. Yep. Yep, 100%. Why do you think that is? 
because it's still perceived as this icky salesy position and it's like oh god this person's gonna try to sell me something now or they're gonna try to make me their client they're not trying to make a genuine connection with me especially if it's earlier on in the conversation too when you don't even know this person and it comes up that quickly it's not natural it all of a sudden becomes this artificial not genuine part of the conversation I mean what do you think I think you're spot on and I think it's, it's a financial conversation at the end of the day, mm-hmm. no matter who you are, what you own or don't own, or might be interested in buying. I think it's a financial conversations in, in general are fearful mm-hmm. conversations. Yeah. Nobody loves to talk about money, yeah. especially their personal financial situation. Um, but I almost love when that happens in conversations because then I like, I seek out the like, what is the value add? sentence that I could say right now to like bring that wall down yeah it's an opportunity yeah yeah it's all an opportunity and getting to know people I always like to make friends I don't like to meet clients I always like to just make friends because at the end of the day like you have to work with this person especially if whether they're buying selling renting it but especially with buying and selling it's an extended period of time why are we making it more painful than it needs to be? Like, right. you should want to work with whoever you're working with. Right. Obviously, it's easier said than done. Totally. People are complicated. We're human. However, it's our job to not only educate and provide value, but to make the process as painless and as honestly fun, fun. as possible. I say it all the time, like buying a house. Selling a house and making money, it should be fun. It should be easy. You should be able to think about whatever your next chapter is. Yeah. And just move on. 100%. 100%. And real estate is chaos. It, oh my. I love it though. Oh, it's so fun, but like, it's, it's chaos and you have to figure out. And it takes time, I think, for us as agents to really manage the chaos and see how much we can take on and control the chaos. Definitely. That's, that I think is the one of the biggest challenges that we have. But that's Being the name organized. of the game. Yeah. <laughs> and the agent community, you're going to come across a lot of agents that have been, I mean, they're veteran agents and they never figure it out. Mm-hmm. But then you see other agents that have been in the business for five or less years and they, they've figured it out. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't matter how long necessarily you've been in the business when we're talking about something like that, I think. It's always chaos. Yeah. Always learning new things. <laughs> the amount of the people time. that have asked me, like, wait, so you you just, like, make up your entire schedule for the whole day? How do you... And, yeah. And you don't get paid by the hour? How <laughs> no. do you do that? Are you crazy? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, I think you have to be. Maybe. I think you have to be to do this. <laughs> So in terms of social media strategy, let's go back to that. What do you think that you do, you as an individual, because I know that you talked about kind of this network with other agents that you've cultivated, but in terms of you as an individual agent, how do you do things differently? With social media Mm. specifically? Mm. Um, I think, number one, not having the mindset that it's social media. Yeah. And not looking at it like most people look at it like I look at my little sister for example Mm -hmm. and no shade to my little sister (laughs) she's badass um but she's like tiktok famous yeah and she's got a really big following and she does like 
the funniest, dopest dancing videos and like just like little skits. I love her TikToks. Like, don't get me wrong. Love your TikToks, sis. But <laughs> I look at the way that she uses social media and the way that I use social media and it's like night and day. Yeah. She uses it for fun. She posts what she wants. She posts to be funny or, you know, for views or whatever her reasoning might be. And I predominantly post either for exposure or to add value. Yeah. Or both. And I think when you look at social media like that, then you start to use it differently. Um, I'm very intentional about DMing everybody that comments on a post or... um, if I do like the little like swipey thing on my story, yep. Everybody that responds to it gets a message. I mean, I'm human, so mm-hmm. sometimes I miss people, but I'm very like it's in my schedule. Right. Message people, new followers. Like I have a new follower message that every day I'll just go in and anybody that's followed me, I send them. It's like a little like welcome to the G unit. Yeah. Thanks for following me. Let me know if you want to see anything on my page that might be helpful for you. Um, and using it like that, it's almost more of a community than social media. Yeah. And it kind of like demystifies, you know? Mm-hmm. And for all of you that are stressing about the Instagram algorithm <laughs> and increasing your engagement, if you increase your engagement with other people, other accounts, your engagement will also increase. That's the top little tip. The secret sauce, I think. Secret sauce. <laughs> So would you say that Instagram is kind of your top platform that you use? Do Definitely. you use any others? Um, I have. I made a YouTube for my new company. I've not really done anything crazy with it. I've not, I have two videos that are also on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm planning on being very video heavy for like the remainder of this year. I've been planning out a lot of videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but video is hard. Yeah. It's harder, like, everyone's like, get on video. It's harder than just getting on video. Of course. And it takes time. I mean, I remember when I started doing mine, you know, one of the major things that really kept me going was, of course, the positive feedback because it was something different and new and something that people had never seen come from me before. But people think it was, I'm like, that wasn't easy for me. Yeah. That's hard. And it's still a challenge to this day, even though I'm so much more used to it. And I've created kind of a rhythm and a habit with it. But I also still have to use the same strategy and mindset every time as I approach and prepare for a video. I have to act like I'm just talking to one of my friends behind the camera. I can't. What do you do to prepare? I do I don't do a cut and dry specific specific script I do a general script for myself like bullets yeah to make sure that I don't choke (laughs) because (laughs) you remember what we're here for (laughs) and it's also just you know to make sure that I don't go off track I want to make sure that like I like you were saying provide the value and because I don't think that there's any point in doing anything unless you provide that value that you intended to provide from the beginning Mm because what's the point of doing anything right so um, I make sure that I do that Um, I always make I really try my best to 
it's gonna sound kind of silly, get a good night's sleep before because I'm just the type of person that if I get under seven and a half, eight hours of sleep, I'm not gonna function right the next day. And it, it affects my approach to everything that I do for the rest of the day. So I have to make sure, it's not even about how I look, but I also don't look So then you're firing on all <laughs> cylinders. Yes. So it's like, I, I have to make sure that I take care of myself first, I fuel up first, I do what I want to do and I'm planning to do as I approach the rest of the day. Um, But, you know, the content creation, it's a big deal for me. And video has definitely been one of those key drivers into establishing my personal brand online for me, Mm -hmm. but it's not easy. I mean, and to constantly try to keep thinking of different ideas too so it's not just another property tour video every time like i mean my essential eats series was huge yeah and that's talking about food and restaurants but everybody loves food and restaurants right and wherever you're moving you want to know that there's good food and good restaurants yeah and it starts conversations with people and that's all i want to do even if i'm talking about a burger for a half an hour with somebody i'm having a conversation with them right and that's the first step and that's like that's the real objective is just to get to that first step it's not about getting to the finish line going from zero to a hundred in one conversation that's not the point and Mm -hmm. a lot of people expect it to just happen just like that it's that's the sales game like and it has to be genuine and I happen to genuinely love food and I love going out to eat I love mingling with people it's something that I enjoy doing so it's not this fake like oh check out this restaurant and it it doesn't it's so natural to me so and I think people can see that and now whenever I I see either a familiar face or an unfamiliar face they're like oh I saw your video last week, like, okay, so tell me the next big wreck for this neighborhood instead, and, like, it's become a trend. it starts conversations. Yeah, even in person now, and that's when you know you're doing something right. Yeah. I had an agent reach out to me one time, because I do a lot of video, especially on, like, stories, which, those are less, um... Formal? Formal, yeah. There's no production or planning, it's just, like... I'm going to say something right now. Those are the best. I think they are. Yeah. And sometimes I'll turn them into a reel after. Um, but I had this agent reach out to me, and he was like, I really want to get into the videos. You know, I'm not that confident. I don't really know where to start. Um, and he's, you know, talking about all these pain points. We were on a phone call. He's talking about all these pain points that he has about videos specifically. And then he started saying that during quarantine, he and his kids would make um, – like recipe videos like mm-hmm. cooking together in the kitchen and it was like I forget what he called it but it was it had a really cute name and when he started talking about that and like how much he loved food mm-hmm. his tone completely changed yeah so I let him talk like let him kind of just like get it out and then I was like this is what you're gonna do you're gonna say fuck the real estate videos for right now <laughs> okay I get it you want to expand your real estate business but everything that you just told me and the way that you sounded when you switched the topic of conversation lets me know that you should be making videos about food. Yep. And because you love food so much and you're genuinely passionate about it, that will come across in the video. You're not going to feel as awkward or um, that lack of confidence because it's something that you know and you love already. Mm-hmm. And when that's translated into your videos, number one, 
people watching are gonna pick up on that and they're gonna be even more interested in watching and engaging. And number two, doing videos about food is gonna boost your confidence so that one day you will pick up the camera and do a real estate video and not think twice about it. Mm -hmm. And he was like, thank you so much. But it's so true, like you, you have, like real estate, I think it's a very overarching category. Everybody, their life is touched some way by real estate, mm -hmm. whether it's their mom's house or they rent an apartment or they're an investor, whatever it is. But you have to figure out that human connection piece mm -hmm. first, otherwise you end up with a soul, soul, coming soon Ugh. type of Instagram feed that, I mean, great for you, but yeah doesn't show me who you are no it doesn't and like I just think that there's a fine balance between the two like you can have like you know you can of course showcase your accomplishments and how happy you are and I, I, I think that that if that's a good asset and addition to your personal brand by all means like I I think that that's great, but it has to be infused with, with your ands. Yeah. What yeah. else makes you you? Yeah. People want to know these things, especially, and this is kind of a good segue into another thing that I wanted to talk about with you was, you know, the future of where real estate is going. And I'm talking about the millennial generation, the Gen Zs, anybody younger than that. Those are the markets that we really should be focusing on because that's the future. Yeah. And where is the future going? It's all there. All digital. You know? Social media platforms and marketing. Right. Personal branding. Mm -hmm. I mean, I sat down with one of the top producing agents here in Boston and he was like, Gia, what is our job? As real estate agents and he was like you need people to know you trust you and like you and if you can do those things mm -hmm. know you is the exposure part of things the trust you is that what is that value-add content that you bring to the table whether it's video or an informative newsletter um, or a blog whatever it is and then they'll like you obviously nobody has to like you right but knowing who you are and what you're about if you in any way, shape, or form align with this person and their values, then they're gonna like you. Yeah. And all of that can be conquered through social media. Absolutely. Very easily. If you use it as that community platform yeah. too, versus like what you were talking about earlier, you can't look at it as like, oh, social media. It's not anymore. I mean, people, I know so many people that literally use it as if it's LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> like they that's. Do. That's how it I'll is. Go, I'll be scrolling and my boyfriend will be like, oh, like, phone pants. Because <laughs> I'm literally always on my phone. But I'll be like, I'm working. Yeah. You don't understand. Like, this is work for me. Like, and it, and it really is. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I've also, um, I will answer your other question about, like, the future of real estate in a second. But another point that I feel is important to make on the social media topic is I don't scroll a lot. And the people that I follow are very, very curated. So over the last, like, I would say year and a half, I've unfollowed a lot of people mm -hmm. and a lot of accounts that just don't, they either don't align with my values or it's no hard feelings, but, like, really seeing your content or that page's content in my feed is not adding anything to my life. Yeah. And it's probably just a distraction, so we eliminate it. 
agents. So I follow a lot of real estate agents. I follow a lot of marketing accounts. Mm -hmm. um, I follow a lot of like social media um, manager accounts. People being like, this is the change to the algorithm and here's a new trending audio or whatever. Because sure. I always want to be learning yep. from my social media. Yeah, and I think it's even, I, what I try to do too is very similar and I, I try to make it a point to make sure that I'm following enough people that aren't even in the industry or even close mm -hmm. to it. I mean, I think that it's so easy to have tunnel vision all the time and just to focus on what everybody else in my industry is doing. And that's all fine and good. I think you have to know what's going on, of course. Yeah. But there is a whole other world out there that are doing a ton of different things. And that's where you pick the creativity from. And that's how you start disrupting and breaking barriers in our industry when you see what other industries are doing. Because it mm -hmm. all bleeds together oh eventually. Oh my gosh, yeah. You have to, that's how you get ahead, you know? Mm -hmm. The trend cycles. Have you ever seen, um, ever seen like the graphs about how you can correlate or connect for different recession like history yes, with yes. The, like the women's skirts and like runway fashion? Yes, yes. Which seems like so random. Yeah. And like how could these things correlate whatsoever? But oh, yeah. Correlates. 100%. Yep, 100%. I think the future of real estate is definitely marketing heavy. Yeah. Because I think traditional agents, you know, the, the old school agent that just puts property in MLS, puts a sign up in the yard, and then is like, who's going to buy my house? You know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for a long time. Um, and I think that a lot of people are kind of catching on to the, the importance of marketing. But that only means that your marketing has to be that much stronger, that much more different mm -hmm. than everybody else's, because everybody's really doing a lot of the same things. Mm -hmm. um, and I think personal brand. Yep. Because it all goes back to that. People know you, like you, trust you, they're going to want to work with you. And your personal brand, all-encompassing, shows people who you are. Mm -hmm. what you stand for, what your interests are, why they should want to hang out with you and get coffee with you and go see houses on the weekend with you. Yeah. Oh, very well said, my friend. Thank you. What about you? What about me? What do you think is the, the future of the real estate industry? I agree. I mean, I agree with everything that you just said. I think that it's kind of like similar to what I was saying, though, to where you have to really prioritize showcasing what else makes you who you are and picking a few brand pillars specifically um, and making sure that you stick to those things and kind of transition into them naturally. And I think a lot of mistakes that a lot of agents make or entrepreneurs in general is, you know, they try to go from zero to a hundred and anybody can do anything at the end of the day if they really want to, but nobody can do it consistently. Mm -hmm. And that's the big problem with this industry is that, or just social media marketing in general, it's just that nobody can do anything for a long period of time, especially real estate agents. I mean, we're being pulled in a million different a million. directions all the time. Yes. So, you know, we get distracted. We're probably some of the most distracted professionals that any industry has. So it's just, you know, 
it's impressive when I see somebody really sticking with the same, say, three brand pillars mm -hmm. plus real estate, you know, consistently because, and that's when you know it's authentic. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's who they are. Because then you don't have to try. You don't have to yeah. force because it yeah. is you. Yeah. And they, they're passionate about it and it's transparent and people appreciate that. And over time, that consistency, as it continues to build, people feel like, like what you just said, they know you and yes. they want to know you. Yes. It's not just like a forced relationship. Like they actually, and they want to keep getting to yeah. know you. And it's almost like, I mean, for a lack of a better word, they're kind of addicted, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that we're going to continue to keep going in that direction. And anybody that doesn't believe that to a certain extent is going to fall behind. Definitely. I really do believe that. And, you know, the, the traditional approaches, I'm not going to, you know, shit on them. I'm not. I think that traditional approaches have been strong for a long time. And with certain audiences, I think they're always going to work. I do. But it's they're only... It yeah. Too. They're, the only, they're only going to get you so far yeah. today. And eventually, as time goes on, they're going to fizzle out. They're going to keep fizzling out because, you know, as these other generations keep plowing in, they're going to take over. And we ha it's our responsibility to adapt to that. So those were my thoughts. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, honestly. Yeah. Personal brand. What would you say your personal brand is? What are your brand pillars? My brand pillars, I would say, I mean, my top mission is creating for tomorrow. I am always forward thinking. I'm focusing on what's happening next. I'm not thinking about right now. I'm always thinking about what can I do today to get me more towards tomorrow. So that's kind of my overarching overall mission. Um, of course, I love food. I believe in having, you know, fun social life. I, I know a lot of people. I, I love my friends. I love my family. And I'm passionate about my culture. And, you know, I think that that's a big part of who I am. And I want to make it a point to still showcase that online. And I, I don't want to make my Instagram all about just food or all about just real estate or whatever. I'm also very passionate about fitness and dancing because I grew up dancing and that means I still something that stays very close to my heart. So I always try to like infuse that a little bit. Um, do you still dance? I do. Where do you dance? So there actually is, I, I dance at Urbanity a lot, but, and that's in the South End, but then they just opened up this studio that's right by TD Garden on Friend Street, Boston Dance Studios. They have all classes of all okay. kinds. Um, is that like the um, like the videos you see on Instagram where everyone's doing the same dance? Yeah. That's sick. It's so fun. And even because of the fact that like I grew up doing that, I've noticed how much it fuels my creativity because yeah. it challenges you in a, in a different way than just working out. Mm -hmm. And I, I love working out. I work out five to six days a week always, but it's like when it's you're... Different it's different. Of, you're it's kind just of different. like when you're dancing, you're letting go yeah you're releasing you're and not as you're not thinking about it as much my phone's not flashing in my face mm -hmm. like you have to put that away and oh man the phone. <laughs> can we talk about that actually yes. how do you deal with staving off a phone addiction as a real estate agent who is on social media and email and phone calls and texting and like all all the time it's honestly one of the biggest challenges that I think I face and I'm st 
I still try every day to improve on that. But what I will say is I am pretty firm on the phone does not come on until 8 a.m. Because I wake up between 5.15 and 5.30 every day. I go to the gym right away or whatever workout class that I have, shower, do my thing, get ready. So you don't bring your phone? It's on Do Not Disturb. Okay, got it, got it. Got so, okay. but I like, I do not check it. Like, yeah. it is on Do Not Disturb, and you know, and a lot of times it's on Do Not Disturb, and you still like check it. Like, no, it does yeah. not get checked. No. It's not flashing no. in my face. Messages, notifications, we don't know. No, her. I don't know what you're talking I can't about. do it. And, but once that clock hits eight, like, you have I, it scheduled? I, yeah. Yeah. For the next probably hour, hour and a half, I'm catching up on everything. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, unless it is really, truly, pressingly urgent and, like, I need to really get on top of that right now, which, of course, sometimes that does happen. Yeah. And you would know <laughs> if something was, yeah. like, breaking or yeah. on fire, not yeah. that you had to... Yeah. And it happens yeah. more often than I would like it to, but that's... That's, that's the business. The business. Yeah. But I really, in terms of everybody else, too, like, especially, like, friends, any other crap, like, I, I really can't... I can't deal with it. And in terms of shutting it down... I go to bed early because I wake up early, so I really try to give myself at least an hour before I go to bed. I can't, or else I'm going to sleep like shit. Yeah. I can't, and I I like to just, like, read before I go to bed or just do something that will calm me down. There's a lot of science to getting a good night's sleep if your phone's, like, not in the bed with you. Oh, yeah. And even more so if it's not in the room with you. Right. And And I have friends very big on that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like heavily considering that at this point because of just, it's bad. It's bad, um, but you have to create some kind of system and limitation. I really do believe that. Like a schedule. Yeah, you can't sit there and have no structure. I mean, I, that, it's just not healthy habits. But in terms of throughout the day, I've been noticing, especially lately, like, I will get distracted, like, because I'll have, like, 10 new messages, like, with pressing, pressing activities that I really need to, I need to do this and that, and it's for a deal, or it's, like, for something that really needs to get urgently done, but what I have noticed works for me if I want to be productive and get anything else done that I need to get done is I will really try to check my phone every half hour to 45 minutes instead of whenever it goes off mm-hmm. because if I check it you'll be checking it, it every off. two minutes no <laughs> honestly that's a that's a good you can't get anything done yeah. <laughs> I use the focus statuses a lot like I have four different ones like a morning one a uh like work mode one yeah and then like a really like do not disturb and then like a nighttime one and the work mode one specifically comes on pretty much between hours of like nine to five yeah um and it only allows, like, specific notifications through, so I'm not getting, like, all of my notifications. Sure. Um, and also, I use, to respond to comments and, like, DMs, I use the Meta Meta Accounts app. Oh, really? Because you can respond to everything in one spot versus, oh. like, going back and forth between Facebook and Instagram. Oh. When I go on Instagram, sometimes I want to scroll, but if yeah. I go on the Meta Accounts app, then it's just stuff for me to reply to. That's cool. I didn't even know. Yeah, that. you should get that. Yeah, I should get that. You should. What advice would you give to any aspiring entrepreneur, whether they're in real estate or not? Put yourself out there. Yeah. Put yourself out there, and know and believe that whatever it is that you're aspiring to, you're 
is well within your capability. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say find a mentor or at least somebody that you can like pick their brain mm-hmm. because why reinvent the wheel? If yeah. you have a path that you want to set down, odds are somebody's done something similar before. So find that person, ask them how they did it, what would they do differently? Um, if they were starting over from scratch today, knowing what I love asking agents that question for myself, like yeah. for my own development. And I think it's a powerful question to ask people in any industry. If you were to start over from scratch today, knowing everything that you know, what would you do differently or what would you tell yourself? Um, and kind of working off of the experience that other people have already gleaned for themselves. Sure. Um, and figure out your brand identity. Figure out your brand identity. It's I know that there's so much talk about branding and personal brand and your brand identity, especially like out in social media in the world. But I think the best thing that you can do is have brand pillars like you were talking about earlier, like pick three to five. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you're interested in that you stand for, that you like to talk about or that you like to do? And figure out like what are the content types that you can make under each of those pillars or how can you maybe like marry two of them for a special content type or something. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, getting a headshot. doesn't have to be like the most professional like buttoned up headshot, yeah. but like lifestyle photos or something that you can use to push yourself, which is your brand. Um, and simple things to create a brand. It's like pick a header font, a body font, and a subtitle font. Mm-hmm. Stick to them across all platforms, all content types, video, uh, posts, carousel posts, anything. Your website, pick two to five colors. Get the hex code. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to do it. Literally go to like colorpicker.com and you get the hex code and make sure that anybody that's creating content for you or any agency that you work with has all this information and then they're making things that are on brand. Mm-hmm. And these are little, little things that you can do starting today to make your brand look and feel more cohesive and by being more cohesive, you just look more legit. Yeah, all day long, all day long. I would say, I think, you know, regardless of what industry you're in, your network is really, really, really powerful. And I don't think that people wrap their heads around that enough. And I talk to people about this all the time, and I see a lot of my friends who happen to be entrepreneurs like in various industries and you know they tell me all the time all the different people that they're meeting and all the different opportunities that they're getting just from having one conversation with someone and vibing really well Mm -hmm. with them and keeping in touch with them and staying on top of it following up following through with everything and you know that's what really gets you ahead of everybody else I think and I think especially with just like working professionals everybody thinks like you know with a job posting let's say like if they're if they want a certain job position if it's not posted on indeed or linkedin they think the job doesn't exist like oh they're not hiring right now so what am i going to do there's no jobs out there for me this and that half of the jobs that i had throughout college and even after college i i had created the position for myself because i was constantly reaching out to different agents or different marketing agencies or wherever I worked and I was like hey do you need help with anything Mm -hmm. because I will be your girl so what kind of opportunities did reaching out and following up with people that you reached out to land you yeah and how did that help you 
or how does that maybe even still help you that experience today? Yeah, so I started because I got my license sophomore year of college, but before that I had one real estate internship uh, with Keller Williams. It was the summer after my freshman year and it was just admin work. I was doing as much work as I possibly could have legally without a license basically. Mm -hmm. So after I got through that, I ended up getting my license, but even that opportunity, they weren't hiring. Like I emailed the team that I had reached out to and I was like, hey, like any kind of marketing help that you need, any admin work, like I'm looking for a summer internship. And I think I followed up a couple times before I heard back from them, got that, and then I was there for six months and it was great. I ended up being there for longer than I intended to be. Um, you probably learned a lot too. I learned a I ton. Started at Keller Williams. Yeah, I learned a ton and I loved that team that I was on. It was amazing. I mean, the only reason why I unfortunately had to leave was because school was getting crazy and I was you know, I was approaching my sophomore year of college. It was right before the pandemic hit. Oh, my god! And so, you know, that was a whole other challenge in itself. But I was like, there is not a chance that I am not going to not get any opportunities because of COVID. Right. I got the most... I think I worked the most during the pandemic. Honestly. <laughs> so... So busy in my bedroom. Yeah. After, after that, you know, I ended up... I ended up getting an opportunity with Compass on a different team um, because I had my license then and they I, I reached out to them. They were looking for help and I started to, you know, be able to host open houses and then I was building my network mm-hmm. and I was there for a few months and then I ended up uh, getting an opportunity with Mike O'Connor because he was part I of the Mike. Suffolk Real Estate Club and yeah. I met him at like a like a thing, like he was speaking at an event or something. We kept talking, we kept in touch, and then he needed an intern an intern at Douglas Elliman when he was at Douglas Elliman on the circus team. So I was like, yeah. So That's was, how we met, by the way. Yeah. At Elliman. <laughs> how cute. I know. I remember so when he brought you in. It's like I was a baby. Yeah, but you know, had I not kept going to like the real estate club meetings and you know staying on top of that and like we we got coffee we got to know each other and I eventually like when he I was like if you ever need help like I'm looking for more experience I was tapping into you know different opportunities that would help me wrap my head around like how different agents actually operated too because Mm -hmm. everyone I realized people are so different no structure yeah and then you know I had a couple of marketing internships to at Boston Magazine and then I was like let me see if marketing is something that I would want to pursue after college too because I always had that option open for me too I got Mm -hmm. a marketing degree so it's like you know it didn't hurt to try it out hated it uh, nine Why? to five at a desk all day. Like I loved the people that yeah. I worked with. It was but a great like company. Marketing. I love marketing. You still like the marketing job? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, because I, I had to, I had to stay within like these guidelines of like yes. what I could create, which yes. drove me absolutely yes. insane. Like I need to be in control. Like yeah. I'm a little bit of a control freak. I love. I like keep all of my control projects. Very close to me. Like, it's mine. Like, they're my babies. Like, I create something from the ground up. So it's like when you're going to tell me how to create something, like, I just, it didn't sit well. Yes. But um, I was, if I didn't try that out, and I, again, I reached out to that company myself and they gave me the opportunity because I kept being, and I had to go through, like, rounds of interviews afterwards because I created the opportunity. 
So they wanted to make sure, like, is this a good fit? Like, because we're really pulling some strings right now. Wow. So, but it's like, you need to keep trying. You can't just be like, You don't ask, the answer's always going to be enough. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So today, had I not gotten ahead throughout college, I don't think that I would be on such a great team that I'm on around these incredibly talented and successful agents. And I, I'm still learning. I'm still absorbing all of the, like, and I'm, I think that being around people that have that mindset too, I mean, I'm around veteran agents all the time and they're like, I'm still learning. Like all the time. You never Isn't stop. Isn't that such a comforting? Yeah. It's like, oh, you don't know what you're doing? Great. Yeah. They both don't know what we're doing. And speaking of things <laughs> that I wish I had, you know, thought or done differently. One thing that I will say also for any aspiring entrepreneur is that I always gave people so much credit. Like I always thought that everybody knew what they were doing and everybody was so confident and they had like all of their shit together. Nobody knows what they're really 100% doing. Yeah. There's always going to be some kind of unknown. Yeah. It's how you carry yourself through it and it's how you adapt and pick yourself up it's not about being the best in the room if you're the best in the room then you're in the wrong room period i agree with that definitely you know it's it's nice to be surrounded i think this industry in general we're all very surrounded by agents of all walks of life and different experience levels and it's very interesting when you speaking to one agent to the next nobody does things the same and I think it's important to realize that, like, that probably means that you shouldn't be doing things modeled after the way that anybody else is doing things because you don't even know what they're doing. Right. Gotta be you. Period. Gotta be you. Stand out. Uh Uh-huh. In the sea of life. And check the ego at the door. Yes. Please. I hate egos. It's such an ego-driven... It's a very ego-driven... It's a very ego-driven career. It's, it's like, gross. I, yeah. I hate it. But... But if you come from the place of value... Yes. Wanting to just be... Provide a service, you know? Mm-hmm. You provide a service. That's it. That's all there is to That's it. That's all there is to it. Well... I think we talked about a lot of good things I think today. We <laughs> I think we got people's brains thinking a little bit. I hope Wheels we did. turning. Yeah. Creative juices flowing. I hope so. I hope that we gave a little bit of some inspo to people today. I think so. I think we did good. Okay, let's let's close with this. What's one thing that you wish, if you could go back, you would say to your younger self? My younger self? I would say... Don't be so afraid that you're going to screw up. Like, and don't care about how you look so much. Like, I think that I would put so much pressure on myself in the past. Like, oh my God, like, how does this look? Like, meanwhile, like, it was fine. Yeah. Like, what's the big deal? You magnify everything so much when you're unfamiliar with something new. Yes. And you think that everything is going to blow up in your face because it's unfamiliar. But in fact, like... Because it's unfamiliar, take advantage of the fact that this is your first time doing whatever you're about to do. Like, enjoy it. Blow it out of the water. Like, that's what I would say. And just take advantage of the opportunity that's in front of you. And don't be so, don't magnify it into something that it's not. Focus on it to the point where it becomes bigger than anything else. Yep. What about you? 
I would probably tell myself that confidence is something that you will have once you take the uncomfortable steps. Mm-hmm. Whatever uncomfortable steps there might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot, because I get the question a lot, like, how are you so confident? How, do you, how are you so, like, mm-hmm. you know, positive? And, well, I've been through a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. I've been through a lot of shit, and I've done a lot of things that were really outside the box in my life that scared the shit out of me <laughs> to do. But then it's that quiet moment after you take that step where you're like, okay, I'm still alive. <laughs> Nothing fell apart right, or burned to the ground, and I'm okay. And, like, I did that. Mm-hmm. I did it. It's done. I'm here. And, like, wow, like, I can do hard things. I can do difficult and emotional things. And I think just I would remind myself of that to know that, like, you're going to go through a lot, but yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to build you up. Get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat with me today. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me today. <laughs> and where can people find you online? Um, my Instagram is Giovanna Silva, all one word. Or my website, houseofgiovanna.com. House is spelled H A U S. All right. How about you? You can find me on Instagram at Asperopolis. Good luck trying to find that last name, but give it your best shot. Spell it. <laughs> Spell it. So okay. I can find you. It's S P I R O P O U L O S. Lots of vowels in there, but you know, There's I spelled it now, so you have no excuse. None. Um, and then I'm going pretty heavy on LinkedIn as well lately, so shoot me a follow there, and you can also follow along with the Aha Moment newsletter on there as well. Um, and yeah. Amazing. That's all I got. Well, thank you so much. This thank was so you. fun. We have to do a follow-up episode. I know. We have to do this again, too. Because, like, I feel like we could talk forever. I know. We probably <laughs> talked for too long. We're probably, uh, oops, whatever. Okay. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Aha Moment podcast. If you loved this episode, head on over and rate and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Make sure you head over to the Aha Moment newsletter for all the links and notes on what we chatted about this week. I can't wait for you to catch the next episode, airing every other Monday. Speak soon. Bye, guys.